It is 7.05. It is Wednesday evening. You know what that means. It means the Employment Hour is back here on AM640. And another reminder, we mentioned last week at this time that this coming Monday, the 12th, we will kick off Monday evenings as well at 7 o'clock. So Monday and Wednesday evenings, we'll be here with the Employment Hour. So we hope you join us at uh, at that time. The lines are open currently right now, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell to start uh, bringing on the phone calls and the questions. Lior is here for the entire hour to answer everything you can uh, throw across his bow. First, so we start with the week that was. Hey, pal. Yay, Johnny. Thank you very much. Always great to be here. A real pleasure. And uh, here for the hour, as you said, to answer any questions about employment law, workplace rights, and anything to do with uh, your job. And maybe you lost it. Maybe you didn't lose it, but you're worried about losing it. Hey, this is the time. This is the place. Give us a shout. We're ready to talk to you and answer questions. So let me start off with uh, two situations that actually uh, resolved uh, this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what, how, how they came about. The first situation kind of makes me shake my head because this employer should really have known better. Uh, a radio listener, one of our listeners here on uh, the Employment Hour, had heard me speak some weeks ago about the fact that you get overtime pay even if you're a salaried employee. So not just uh, hourly employees get overtime, salaried employees get as well if you work more than 44 hours a week. And that person never got overtime. So they approach their employer and says, and say, hey, what, what gives? I should be paid overtime. I work regularly more than 44 hours a week. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm owed overtime. Well, that employer says, well, let us look into that and think about it. So fast forward a few days later, what do you think happens, Johnny? Nothing. Didn't get anything. Worse than that. He gets fired. Oh, my gosh. Okay. He loses his job. uh, And, of course, the company says, no, no, it's unrelated to that. Of course, this person... Very highly regarded employee, never had an issue there. Hmm. The only thing that changed over the past week was the fact that he had raised the fact that he's owed overtime. Well, guess what? No. So he contacts me. So not only does he get severance, not only does he get paid for the overtime that he's owed, but also given the fact that he was trying to pursue his entitlements to overtime and he got fired because of it, that's what we call a reprisal. That's illegal. You can't let someone go because they're trying to enforce their legal entitlements. So that means that the company owes him more compensation. So in this past week, we resolved this on the basis of very nice, healthy severance. We got him two years' worth of overtime, and we got him an additional amount of compensation for this reprisal, and all because this employer thought they could get away with violating their rights uh, and punishing the employee for realizing that their rights are being violated. So very bad idea for an employer to do, and in this case, it uh, worked out very well for the individual. You said two years' now, worth of overtime there. Is, there. is there a statutory limit about how far he can go back to claim if there was more than he, two? He can go back two years. Okay. And so you know, even though he had worked there for about five, unfortunately, we couldn't go back more than two years. That would have been probably another $10,000 for him in, <laughs> in overtime over those years. But we were able to go back two years, which is still pretty good. Uh, and he was quite happy to at least get that. And now he knows, and, and hopefully our listeners know, that if you work and you get paid a salary, as long as you work more than 44 hours a week, you're owed overtime. The second situation I'll tell you about uh, is a temporary layoff situation, but with a bit of a twist with an interesting ending on this. So uh, the person that contacted me was laid off temporarily. And by the time they contacted me, they had already been on layoff for, for two months. And they said, do I have to wait? Can I leave? Can I get my severance? And I said, yeah, of course you can get severance. So I contacted the person's employer and I said, you've effectively terminated this person right now, so you have to pay them severance. The company turns around and says, no, no, we want them back. We want them back. So I say, fine. Uh, After speaking with my client, he'll go back on two conditions. Number one, 
you pay him for the two months he's been off, okay? Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, you agree in writing that this doesn't give you the right to lay him off again. Well, the company agreed to that, and he was mm-hmm. extremely happy to go back to work now. He got paid for the two months he was off, and he got paid, or so he got confirmation that they can't do it again. So remember, a layoff, a temporary layoff is a termination. An employer does not have a right to lay you off temporarily. You can treat that as a termination and get severance. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Got uh, Eric with the opening call tonight. Good evening, Eric. How are you, pal? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. You got a question for Leor? Shoot. Yeah, I used to work in a restaurant, and I was working on salary. And my bo- I said to my employers, I was working over 100 hours a week. And they said, look at the Ontario Labor, Labor uh, Board online. I'll look at all that stuff. And it says clearly an employer, a, a management employee does not get, even if you're on salary, does not get overtime unless you work less than, unless your, your salary dips below minimum wage. Yeah, no, a manager is exempt from overtime as long as they spend more than 50% of their time being a manager. So calling someone a manager is not enough, but if you're actually managing people, if you're a manager and you spend more than 50% of your time being a manager, then you're exempt from overtime, unfortunately, and an employer does not have to pay you that. Is that what happened to you? Well, yeah, unfortunately, I got uh, I got the, uh, you know, the, the sweet talking in the beginning and then afterwards got the... Uh, the, the nice uh, heave-ho, as they say. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I ended up having a similar situation as the one uh, that you had, uh, you spoke about when you opened the show. Unfortunately, that time I went right to another job, so I didn't really want to argue anymore with them. But uh, Right. Thank you. So there Thanks. you go. That's, uh, and pool cleaners, right? Pool cleaners, they don't get overtime as well. What is that? <laughs> yeah, that's For right. Three pool years I've been wondering uh, why. from overtime. <laughs> <laughs> and other professionals, by, by the way, lawyers, doctors, nurses, etc., are also exempt from overtime. We'll get to more of your uh, phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Just hang on. We will get to you getting rolling here, getting warmed up. And again, we're back on Monday night as well, starting next week with the Employment Hour, right here on Talk Radio, AM 640. It's 7.15 Wednesday evening here on the Employment Hour, and we are uh, going to be starting on Monday nights as well, starting next Monday at 7 o'clock. So you get us Monday and Wednesday evenings. Right here on AM640. Back to the phones, as promised, uh, April and Barry. Thanks for hanging through the break. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay. What's your question for Lior? So my question is, first of all, I work in a call center. And uh, because everything is, you know, all computerized or whatever, we're expected every week or every pay period to, you know, check off the days. Yes, I work this amount. And then it gets checked off by our, t- our, like our, by our, um, like our bosses. So my question is, after we've agreed to that, can they go back in and adjust those hours? Well, if they think that the hours are not legit, if there's a reason to con- to be concerned that the hours are not legit, yes, they can look at it, but they cannot change legitimate hours that you've worked. They can't say, well, you you say you work six hours, but we think it should have been four, so we're going to pay you for four. If there's a question as to whether the hours are legitimate, they can ask questions and look into it and, and get records. Right. But that's it. They have to pay you for the time work, no less than that. Right, right. And, and that's what I thought. So they can't just go in and change that without at least investigating it, right? Absolutely not. No, they cannot do that. Okay. They shouldn't do that. If they try to do that, you have to give me a call. That could be a constructive dismissal. They may owe you compensation. No, right. absolutely not. They cannot do that, April. And that number, April, by the way, Lior's number, 416-216-5900. You want to get a hold of them personally. Got uh, Steve in Mississauga. Good evening, Steve. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Good, pal. Good. 
good. Thanks for taking my call. Really quickly, my wife is home on maternity leave right now. She works for a large uh, company. Um, her department has gone through a series of layoffs, and a colleague in her department suggested that she continue to pursue uh, alternatives outside of the institution that she works for right now, as her job may not be there when she returns from maternity leave. Um, what are the rules around that, and, and what is the impact uh, how does that kind of work out? Uh, the understanding is generally that material leave is secure. If you could add some clarity to that, that would be helpful. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, the, the deal is this. Ultimately, they cannot let her go for any reason be, uh, related to her maternity leave. Now, she has to have her job back unless the termination, number one, is unavoidable, and number two, has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that she was on a maternity leave. If, for example, they shut down a department and everyone in that department is let go, well, she may be let go as well, and the fact that she was on mad leave may not, you know, quote-unquote, save her. So they can't assess that right now. They have to make that assessment when she's ready to come back to work. So they may not have a job for her today, but let's say five months from now when she wants to come back, at that point they might. So if they let her go before the end of the mad leave, that's a problem. That's already wrong. Uh, if they let her go at the end, as long as it's legitimate, as long as it's not picking on her because she took a maternity leave, they can do that. But they would, of course, have to pay her full severance. Arguably, they may even have to pay her a bit more severance, but it may take her longer to find another job getting back into the workplace. So, yes, they would have to pay her full severance. Uh, but I would really want to know... Uh, whether or not the termination is legitimate or wh whether they're picking on her uh, because she took a mat leave. And it doesn't have to connect with the fact that there may be a, if there's another job at her level, is that also a rule in there or is that, am I missing for? Yes, no, they have to make uh, every effort to find a, a similar position for her, absolutely. So if there is another job that she could do, they at least have to consider and make efforts to put her in that job. They can't just say, well, too bad we don't want you in this job. If they do that, if they just all of a sudden let her go without considering the other opportunities that they have, then not only could that be a wrongful dismissal, that could be a human rights issue, that could be a violation of the Employment Standards Act. And at that point, absolutely, it would be imperative, Steve, that, uh, that you give me a call so we can discuss this in more detail. Okay, thank you very much. Would that fall under the, uh, the, the header of accommodation, that other gig, if there was yes, another they, job? Yes, they... Yeah. Absolutely. Under the Human Rights Code, they have to provide accommodation. They have to find another position for her that's similar, that allows her to do her job. And uh, if they don't do that, that, that's a problem. That's illegal, and she may be entitled to compensation. Before we go to break, tell me a little bit about the severance pay calculator, pal. You've heard about that before, have you? Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the severance pay calculator, John, as the name suggests, calculates the amount of compensation that is owed to an employee if that person lost their job or helps an employer determine how much compensation they have to pay a person uh, if they have to let someone go. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and it's going to tell you right there and then how much compensation you are owed, whether it's two months, 12 months, 24 months, or anything in between. Extremely easy to use completely free and anonymous. Everyone can use it. 100,000 people, over 100,000 people have used it so far. Uh, make it the first place you go to if you are worried about losing your job or, of course, if you lost your job and if you were speaking with your friend across the street and they told you they just lost their job, tell them to go to severancepaycalculator.com. You'll be amazed by what you find if you go there. Phone lines are open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Taking a quick break and lots more to come as we continue with the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM 640.
Yeah, the big voice guy is right. The lines are open at that phone number. Give us a call. You need to chat. Need a question for Lior? We can cover you. 725 right here on the Employment Hour. In the meantime, we're going to get started on this uh, part of the things we want to talk about tonight, and that is under the header of, you know you are not an independent contractor when, and I'll throw a bunch of these at it, Jim, you can explain, Lior. Uh, Number one, you only work for one company. That's right, John, and I'm laughing a bit here simply because uh, this is such a huge issue. People always uh, get confused with this. Employers, employees, I see so many situations every day where people consider themselves to be independent contractors or believe that they are, and they're really not in the eyes of the laws, they're employees. And that's extremely important. And it's most important when you lose your job, because if you are really an employee and you're not really an independent contractor, then you absolutely get severance. You get full severance. So we have to get that right. So we're going to go through a few criteria or, or a few things that you should know that uh, distinguish you between an independent contractor and an employee. As, as you said, you know you're not an independent contractor if you only work for one company. That's extremely important. An independent contractor, almost by definition, is someone that offers his or her services for others. He has several clients. So he, he doesn't just work exclusively for one company. Or at the very least, if the person only works for one company, they're trying to get other clients, other customers. So if you only work for one company and that's all you've done and all you do, guess what? You are likely an employee. You're not likely an independent contractor. And that distinction is very, very important. How about regular work hours? Does that also uh, fly under there as well? Yeah, John, a huge one. An independent contractor usually doesn't have regular work hours. An independent contractor comes and goes as he pleases, uh, works whenever he needs to work to get the job done. If you're working 9 to 5, Monday to Friday or whatever it is, fixed regular hours, you're not an an independent contractor. You are an employee. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. It doesn't matter if you build a company. It doesn't matter if you've incorporated. It doesn't matter if they don't pay taxes for you. You are likely an employee at that point. And, and again, that distinction is very, very important. It could mean at some point tens of thousands of dollars to the person. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll continue under that topic. Got uh, Lucy now in Scarborough. Good evening, Lucy. Hello. Hi, how are you? Uh, good, how are you? Okay, go ahead. What's your question? I have a question. I've been on long-term disability for quite some time now, and um, I'm hearing from a few people that my position or uh, employment with the same company may not be available um, when I'm finally ready to go back to work. I'm just wondering if this is a normal thing or should I be looking for other employment um, instead of hanging out that I can go back? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so first of all, no, you shouldn't be looking for other employment. And like, let me explain it and break this down a bit. They, they cannot let you go because you've taken a disability leave. Uh, on the other hand, if simply it's legitimate, they don't have an, an, a job for you because they've had to replace it since you've been gone for a while and now there's no job and that's legitimate, so it's not a penalty, then they can terminate employment, but they have to pay severance. They have to pay compensation, which is why I said if you you're going to not even try to go back to work and find another job, then you're going to forgo this severance. You're going to forgo this compensation and you know probably don't want to do that. Remember, though, if there there is another job they can give you that they decide not to, maybe there's a job in a different department, a bit of a different role, and they simply don't want to give that to you, it could become a human rights issue as well. So my best advice, Lucy, is once you're cleared by your doctor, let your employer know you want to come back to work and put the ball in their court. 
they have to try to find you a job. If they legitimately cannot, they have to pay you full severance. I want to speak to you at that point to make sure that you got everything that you owed. Uh, but that's my, my advice right now. I wouldn't necessarily just quit and go look for another job before you've been cleared to return to work. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Lucy. So she does, she gets full severance. I just wanted to make that. I was going to ask that point. If there's no job for her, she still gets full severance, yeah? Full severance. And she can also use, Lucy, I didn't mention that, but you can also use the severance calculator to find out what that full severance would be, severancepaycalculator.com, or you can give me a call anytime. That number, Lucy, just to have it uh, with you at all times, 416-216-5900. Talking about the... Uh, uh, under the banner, if you know you're not an independent contractor when you work from the company offices. Yeah, an independent contractor usually doesn't work, certainly not exclusively, from the company's offices. The independent contractor works from home, works from wherever he or she needs to work. They may sometimes have to go into the company's offices, but certainly not exclusively. On the other hand, if your job is such that you have to go work for in the company's offices, well, guess what, John? You are not an, an independent contractor. You are an employee, in, at least in the eyes of the law, which means that, again, you have certain entitlements as, that, as a, an employee. So remember, if you have the flexibility, and it comes down to flexibility, an independent contractor has a lot more flexibility than an, than an employee does. As an employee, you have to do what your employer says. You have to go to work at a certain time. You have to go to the office that the employer tells you to go, and you have to do those things. As an independent contractor, very different. You have a job to do. As long as you do that job, that's really all that matters. So if you have to go every day to the company's offices, guess what? You're not an independent contractor. When I think about that, I think about a real estate agent. Where would they, uh, where would they fit in under that? Well, you know, it's very interesting with a real estate agent. It, it's uh, uh, another kind of one of those uh, dark secrets of, of the real estate uh, field in that a lot of real estate agents are actually employees of the broker company, of the mm -hmm. broker house, although they're almost always treated as independent contractors. And that's not the case because they get all their clients from the brokerage house. Uh, they have to follow the brokerage house rules and regulations. They have to do what they're told. They don't have flexibility uh, necessarily. So they're likely more on the employee side of the spectrum. Uh, and you know, at some point, someone's actually going to challenge this arrangement because I, I can tell you I've, I've is seen this situation. I've spoken to many people. A lot of these real estate agents really are employees. And again, it comes down to termination. If they're right. let go, they should be treated as employees when it comes to severance. We'll take a, a quick break. Phone lines are open. Love to hear from you. 416-870-6400, star 640. On your cell phone, lots more of the Employment Hour coming up right here on Talk Radio AM 640. Get to more of a chat about uh, the independent contractor and what makes you one or not one, for that matter. First, so go to the uh, the phone lines as always. Top priority, Jack in Toronto. Good evening. Hi. Hi, Jack. What's your question? Okay, well, basically, I've been working in a travel agency on a commission basis for the last 18, 19, 20 years. Uh, the reason was that they couldn't pay me what I would need to be paid as an employee. So I'm happy with that arrangement, but uh, now I have the doubt whether I'm an employee or, or not, in spite of having signed an agreement uh, many years ago. Uh, they retain my income tax and remit it to the government. All of the rest uh, gets uh, paid to me, and I have to pay my uh, GST, HST directly to the government. And obviously, I don't have any uh, pension plan from the company or anything, just right. whatever I contribute. So, Jack, let me get rid of any doubt uh, that you may have. 
you are not an independent contractor in the eyes of the law. There's no doubt about that. There's no question about that. In the eyes of the law, you're an employee. Now, that does not mean that you can make the company put you on their benefits plan or the pension plan. Really what it means is if at some point tomorrow, a year from now, whenever in the future, they decide to let you go, you're going to be owed severance as an employee. They're not going to be able to say, well, you're an independent contractor, so we don't have to pay you severance. They cannot do that. So you are an employee in the eyes of the law. For now, I think the best advice is continue as, as things are. If something changes, if they let you go, if there's talk even about letting you go, give me a call at that point. I'm going to help you make sure that you get every dollar that you owed. Yeah, okay. Well, that's encouraging. Jack, just for uh, you know, poops and giggles, let's run through this, Lior. Uh, we, know, we know what he does. We know how long yes. he's been there, 20 years. So how old are you, Jack? I'm 69. Okay, so what would uh, what would the severance be approximately if right he was let go? 24 months compensation. Oh, two years, right my friend. Two years pay, uh, Jack, is what you'd be owed if you lose your job. So two years pay. That's why that distinction, Jack, John, mm-hmm. between an employee and independent contractor is that important. So, Jack, if that ever happens to you, you know what to do, and I'll make sure you get that two years pay. Got uh, Callie on the line in Toronto. Good evening. What is your question? Yes, good evening. How are you doing? Good, pal. What's up? Good. Um, yeah, I got a friend here that has been given a notification for layoff, and um, he, he was calling to the office and offered a three-month severance pay, and he's been at the same job for five years, and he, he was just consulting, just having a conversation with me. I wondered if that's a fair offer he's getting or not. So, uh, uh, so he's been there five years. What kind of job? What does he do? Oh, he's a medical uh, lab assistant. Like he works in a medical environment, and he's a lab assistant. Okay, and how old is he? He's 29. So he'd be owed right around six months pay. All right? Six months pay is what he'd be owed. Five to six months pay. So no, what they've offered him is not adequate. It's not enough. Uh, But if he signs it, at that point, he can't go back on it. So he needs to give me a call. I can help him make sure that he gets proper severance. Five to six months pay is what I would assess him at. Uh, so, yeah, have him give me a call, Callie, okay? Callie, that, uh, that quick calculation, again, severancepaycalculator.com. Lior can do it. He sounds really slick, but, you know, we can all get on that and, uh, and, and sound <laughs> the right. same. Got to, uh, Joanne and Milton, before we go to break, Joanne, what is your question? Hi. Um, I live in a condominium, and we had some uh, cleaners here, and, uh, which were really good. And uh, they came into work the one day, and then the following day they came in, and they got fired. But they weren't told why. Um, the board of directors now, did, did they only work the two days? That's all. They decided to fire them. Did they so only work the two days, Joanne? No, they worked five days a week because there's six buildings here in this complex. I see. And well, they've then, been Joanne, here, they're old severance. Yeah. They've been here for four years since the buildings have been here. Okay. So and like you say, they're old severance, but um, can they? Uh, be forced to rehire them? Well, well, if the company let them go, presumably the company may have had a reason. I don't know if they, they, they rehire them. If another company takes over, could they rehire them? Absolutely. If as a result of this situation, they're out of a job, they're owed severance. If a new company comes in and, and rehires them and they're not out of a job, that happens in the, in the cleaning industry. So, so they may not actually be owed any compensation. But if they are now left with no job, you said about four years, yeah, they probably be owed six months' pay, potentially more, depending on their age. Uh, but that's probably what they'd be owed, each of them. So if you have a way to reach them, and you may not, but if you do, 
you may want to tell them to give me a call. Uh, if they're out of a job, they're owed compensation. I can certainly help them with that. Joanne, that number, 416-216-5900. Almost sounds like the, the, the flavor of that call was like, you know, can they be fired? How dare they get fired? That's not what you worry about at this point. You worry about the proper severance on the back end, yeah? Yeah, and it is frustrating because mm-hmm. someone should not lose their job sure. right if they've done nothing wrong. Unfortunately, from a legal standpoint, that can happen. It's a question of severance. That's why I harp on severance. I harp on severance because if you lost your job, that's really what what the the issue becomes. That's the only thing you can do something about is compensation. Severance, you cannot make the got company it. change their mind. You just have to make sure that you've gotten every single dollar that the law says you should have. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more of your phone calls coming right up. Hang on the line. We will get to you. The Employment Hour continues right here on Talk Radio AM 640. 7.45, getting right back into it as we get, get to some phone calls, get them in hopefully before the uh, the time has elapsed. Well, we've got lots of time. Gord here in Brantford. Gord, good evening. What is your concern? Uh, yes, uh, back in the uh, early 90s, I got into an argument with a fellow employee, and uh, I pushed him, and the company vice president gave me a five-day suspension. Uh, which I took. I deserved it. But when the uh, company president come back from holidays, they called me in on the fifth day of the suspension and decided then to terminate my employee as of 3.30 that afternoon and rehire me the following morning at 7 o'clock, at 7 a.m. When I asked him why, he said, so it's on your record as being terminated. Hmm. Now, I was, uh, well, stupid, I'll say, because I I didn't uh, look into it. I accepted the terms and went back to work. I didn't lose uh, any benefits or any seniority or that, so I figured, okay. But now I've been with the company for 43 years. I'm uh, 67 years old, and uh, they want me out. I know that because they keep telling me to retire. Uh, what should I have done back then when Excellent they give me the uh, five-day suspension? Yeah. And then five days later on the fifth mm-hmm. day of the suspension, they terminated my um, uh, my employment. What gotcha. should I have done? So, Gord, you actually shouldn't have done anything. I mean, your boss at the time, uh, I'm going to say right now, not the brightest, simply because that – that the thing that he did, laying you off and then hiring you the next day, is meaningless. There is no record. No record is created there. Mm-hmm. In fact, by doing that, he's done absolutely nothing. Your seniority continues. The fact that he laid you off one day and hired you back the next day doesn't change your uh, length of employment at all. What does that mean for you right now is if they let you go, your total seniority counts. Not, there's no gap in 1997, whatever it is because uh, for one day they laid you off. So that layoff was absolutely meaningless. Uh, it was a waste of time. Your boss didn't do or accomplish anything. You, you didn't have to do anything. So if they let you go, remember, your seniority didn't start on that day. Your seniority goes back to when you first started working for the company, and that's what your severance has to be calculated on. So if you do lose your job, Give me a call, and I'll help to make sure that you get everything you wrote. Yeah, 43 years. We know what that's going to be. Uh, 416-216-5900 is Lior's number. Got uh, Michelle in Barry. Good evening, Michelle. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? What's your question? Okay, so I work for a company that basically feeds um, all, a major automotive company, and we basically have to mirror them. So it was put to a vote. They didn't want to work Saturday nights as far as 
between our like our afternoon shifts. Um, so now they have us working one hour extra on our afternoons because we do two weeks days, two weeks nights. So I'm just wondering, can they force us to work that extra hour? Now, Michelle, first of all, are you part of a union? No. Okay. So the answer is this. The answer is strictly speaking, no, they cannot. That said, because it's one extra hour, uh, and, and sorry, it's an extra hour a day or a week? Uh, every day, like Monday through Thursday, mm-hmm. and then they allow us the Friday off. So, um, Well, and when did they implement this change? How long have you been doing this? Oh, we've been doing it for a few years now, but they just okay. sent out a letter they wanted us to sign stating that we agree to work more hours than, because I know it's supposed to be eight hours in one work day and 48 hours in a work week. Right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, the fact that they've already implemented, the changes that they've already implemented, nothing we can do about it now simply because they've done that for a while. At the time, you may have been able to say, no, I'm going to not allow you to do that. And if you make me, I'm going to treat that as a constructive dismissal, leave and get severance. So the fact that they implemented that change at that time, we can't do anything about it. Now, if they want to make additional changes right now, if you don't agree with them, don't agree with them. Uh, and if they decide to let you go because of that, well, they have to pay you severance, of course, uh, and you can use the severance calculator to find out exactly how much. Uh, or if they implement them anyway, at that point, you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal, depending on the type of change that they implement. So my my best advice is, so that we're not talking about hypotheticals here, mm-hmm. for me to advise you on your specific situation, give me a call off air. Let me see exactly what they want to implement, the document that they want you to sign and I can advise you, number one, whether you should sign it or not, and number two, what can be done if they try to implement the changes in any event. Michelle, that number just for a takeaway, 416-216-5900. For everyone else hanging the line, we'll get to you. Lots more of your phone calls coming right up here. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640. Back to your phone calls right away here. Thanks for hanging in. Got to Andrew in Smithville. Good evening, Andrew. What's your question? Hi, how you doing? Good, pal. That's good. Um, okay, I, I started at 19 years of age working in the scrap tire industry independently. And in 2009, the provincial government passed a piece of legislation that required an IFO to be created, which is called an industry funding organization. It's called Ontario Tire Stewardship. Um, I've got the first registration in the province, which I guess if there's anybody that's in my industry, then they'll know exactly who it is that they're talking to. But um, now... Um, they basically forced me to work for them. And about four or five years ago, I was told that uh, I have a 3.9 centimeter bulge at my L4 and L5 Oof. disc in my back. Um, yet these people keep on insisting that I'm an independent contractor, as it states in my contract. However, I don't have a choice. I, I was forced to work for these individuals, whereas I used to be independent. Um, they um, recently changed the way that they pay me. They used to pay me what was called incentives as they pay all the program participants incentives um those incentives used to be paid directly to me now they're paid to a tire recycling plant and then they're paid through that plant to me but the problem is this is i've insisted all along that you've you've created me and made me into a glorified employee i don't have a choice my registration is with them i can't work in the tire recycling industry unless i work for them in the province of ontario they literally have like a monopoly um, and every time that I suggest that they have some sort of responsibility towards me, they're always insistent that they don't. Now, they, as I say, they just recently changed the way that they pay me. They used to give me checks based upon me picking up and dropping off tires. 
Now, now Andrew, let, let me cut you off there just because we're getting close to the end of the show. Let, let me make it very simple. You are an employee, irrespective of what they want to call you, irrespective of what you may have signed. You, you meet all the criteria and, and a few other criteria that we don't usually see. Now, this is a more involved discussion that we need to have in terms of what this means now that we've acknowledged or, or, or established that you're an employee. So let's you and I speak off air. Give me a call at the office. Let's talk about this. But you are an employee, and, and there's not even a question about that. That number, 416-216-5900. Got uh, Chris in Toronto. Good evening, Chris. Hey, how are you? Thanks okay. for uh, taking my call. Sure, go you. ahead. Okay, I'll make a long story real quick. I worked for a company about two years ago now. Um, they basically had me come in uh, random hours, and I was working past 12 hours, uh, some days eight hours. And um, uh, they bought some, like, I guess he was a product manager or whatever, and he decided to uh, relieve me of my duties. But the real reason of being relieved was uh, because they didn't want to buy the software that I was hired to run, which was a software to create CAD models and run CNC machines. That being said, they uh, on my form, they put fired. Now, I was really extremely upset because this is a very crooked company that I was working for, and I was going to leave eventually, but uh, I got fired from, like, the worst company I worked for. So... I'm really just calling because the last gentleman that called about, uh, you know, having something like that on your record, does something like that stay on my record? Well, no, it doesn't stay on your record. There's really no record to speak of. It's a question of compensation. It's a question of severance. You're owed yeah. compensation. And, and if you work there for two years, again, depending on a few uh, particulars, you may be owed four, five, six months compensation even. I wouldn't no. worry about the record. I would worry about that compensation. So, Chris, we're at the end of the show, but give me a call off there. Let's talk about this, and let me help you get what you're owed. Anita, we'll get you in very quickly. If you can uh, do it in less than a minute, go ahead. Hi, Hello. Anita. Yep, go ahead quickly. Yes, my husband um, works for a trucking company for the last 22 years, and the trucking company has um, two different locations, and the location that he's working in is going to be sold off, and another company is going to be buying it. So it looks like he won't lose his job, but the thing is is that where he works currently, um, I know that there's different rules for trucking companies, and and he's a truck driver, but he actually gets paid overtime anything over 40 hours. And he also gets 8% um, vacation pay. Mm -hmm. And we're not sure. They haven't told him what his new compensation will be. Do they have to match that? And if they don't match that, does he have to take the job? And if he doesn't take the job, does he get compensation from his original company? How does all that work? Excellent question. I'll try to answer it very, very quickly. If he's offered job, a job on the terms that are different, significantly different than the terms that he had before, he doesn't have to accept it, and then he can get severance from the previous company. If he accepts it, that's it. So it's a question of how different or how similar it is. If he doesn't know yet, he can start working, then find out if the terms are different in terms of hours, compensation, etc. Have him give me a call as soon as possible, as soon as he realizes that, and I'll help him. Done for another week. In the meantime, if you want to know what your severance would be, go to severancepaycalculator.com. Very simple to use. Take you about 30 seconds. And a reminder that starting Monday, next Monday, the 12th, we'll be back here at 7 o'clock. So it'll be Monday and Wednesday in the employment hour all over this radio station. Lior's number as we close, 416-216-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour. Talk radio, AM640.